everybody, this is Bridget Harrington, and you are listening to the We Want Arts podcast, where we advocate for the educational and social significance of arts education in the United States. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by Zach Sandler, who I first met a few years back um, when we were working together on a workshop for a new musical called Pencils Down. Then it was called uh, Middle School the Musical, written by uh, Michael Mitnick and Simon Rich. Really just a, a great show. I absolutely loved that story and the songs. Just fantastic. Now, Zach is a Broadway piano player for shows such as Mean Girls, Wicked, Motown, and The Color Purple. He is also a composer whose work has appeared at Lincoln Center, Joe's Pub, The Triad, and Signature Theater. His newest musical, Inside My Head, is about the relationship between a young man and his bipolar, and it was presented at New York Theatre Barn. And he's also creating a new docuseries called Insanely Talented. Zach is a public speaker about bipolar, uh, and he graduated in 2008 from Yale studying music. Zach, thank you so much for for being with us here today. I'm so excited to uh, talk with you a little bit about your career and um, your experience with uh, composing and being a public speaker. So um, let's just get right into it. So uh, we first met working together on a workshop of a musical called Pencils Down. Then it was called Middle School, uh, A Story of Survival. And it was written by uh, Michael Mitnick and Simon Rich. And that was that was a really fun experience. I have just the best memories of of that process. And you know, we were constantly changing things. You're constantly changing songs, changing the key of songs. And I honestly don't know what I would have done <laughs> without your help um, recording all those song changes <laughs> and helping me helping me sing along to them. Um, but so you you played the piano for that project now you've played the piano everywhere on Broadway for Motown, Color Purple, and, and others. So I want to know, so when was the first time you sat down at the piano? I know that I started lessons when I was five. And I think, I don't think we had bought a piano quite yet. Uh, I know that my mom sang to me as a baby a lot. So that's probably part of why I ended up where I am. Right. No, and, you know, playing piano, it, it has all of the, it's proven to have all of these benefits, cognitive benefits, learning benefits. You know, it helps, it helps young children with, with math. And of course there's other behavioral benefits. Um, kids who start playing the piano early, they, they develop a capacity for creative thinking. So I'm just wondering, did you ever experience any benefits from playing the piano? What was, what are the benefits like for you? Yeah, there's lots of benefits from it, for sure. Uh, I mean, certainly, well, getting to meet you, that wouldn't have another way. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh. Anything from being able to, you know, make, make a living by, by making music and by bringing stories to people's lives through music. Uh, of course, writing, composing, that all is opened up by the facility at the piano well, now, you know, not everyone plays the piano to end up like a Broadway piano player like yourself. Now, so what would you say to somebody who who is casually interested in music or just 
is debating whether or not to take something up for leisure and might not see benefits of, of doing something just for leisure. Certainly piano is, even if it's only for a very short time period, is one of those outlets is being able to, you know, for example, I'm, I'm working with a seven-year-old, a girl who just started piano. I was her first teacher. They just moved houses and there happened to be a keyboard there. And she was playing around and they're like, oh, maybe we should. Actually, it turns out I met her mom on a plane and told her what I did. And, and now I'm teaching her daughter lessons. So that's cool. Uh, but like, it's really interesting to watch her because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just playing around and seeing what sounds good. And it's amazing to watch how, how eager she gets and how excited she gets when she plays something that sounds good to her. And it's a dialogue. Like we, she might just play something and I'd say, oh, what does that sound like to you? What kind of character does that sound like to you? And so even if you're not planning to make it a career or make money off of it or play on Broadway or play at Carnegie Hall, I think it's still absolutely worth it. Uh, you know, even if it's just playing a song for five minutes before you brush your teeth to go to work, like it, it makes a big difference. Right now. So turning now to your background in, in music education. So you earned your BA in music from Yale in 2008. So can you tell me just a little bit about what that experience was like for you and like studying music in a competitive environment like that? Yeah, you've definitely done your research on me. Got <laughs> 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 what year I graduated. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, Yale really cool place in a lot of ways i mean obviously it's like a huge privilege to get to go there and it does feel quite a bit more competitive and that's more of a social phenomenon than anything else there's at least 15 acapella groups there and you know some of them it's like a rivalry sorry like um at yale we say you know harvard sucks princeton doesn't matter <laughs> well it's kind of mean but uh it's kind of the same, it's kind of the same thing in, it's like if you're Yankee and you say like, well, the Red Sox suck, but like the Diamondbacks don't matter. Same thing. Acapella, same thing. We have rival groups and we have groups that <laughs> we don't really think about. Um, but when we have those rival groups, then certainly there is a sense of competition. Thank you for, sh- for sharing that um, experience. I've always wondered what that program was like. Um, So, you know, just turning now to to my next question. So, like I said, besides the cognitive benefits that that the arts offers, you know, you can also use the arts to express yourself in other ways that you wouldn't, that would be maybe less effective had you not used the arts. So you are an accomplished composer and um, your latest musical Inside My Head that I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how it explores um, how you use music to to tackle complex issues um, and and raise awareness raise awareness for them issues like mental conditions and someone's bipolar experience. Thanks, Bridget, and thanks for using the term mental conditions, which I'm a big proponent of, rather than the more stigmatizing mental illness that is used still a lot. Um, and I should just say I, the reason I prefer conditions is I feel that illness implies there's something wrong with me. Uh, or I don't think there is. And I think your whole point about, about the power of music to tell stories is really true and really powerful. 
I remember I did my show for someone recently and, and they were, they were just explaining about they've had nearly the impact as it had because there was the music and different parts of my brain personify my depression, my mania and my paranoia as people known as Doug, Mark and Patty. And I've been doing the show virtually in the last few months. It's been really fun and different and wild and cool. And it really is true that and being able to sing about has captured the mood of what it actually feels like to be in it. It, it allows them to feel in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. And most of all, I think that music is perhaps the most direct emotional language. One more thing. So um, I know from my own experience, my own personal experience, um, my experience with the arts gave me this confidence uh, to be able to speak in front of a group of people. And I feel as though if I had not had experience with the arts, I wouldn't be able to feel that same confidence that I do today. And you are also an accomplished public speaker. Um, and I just wanted to know, you know, how, how did the arts influence you as a public speaker and, and give you perhaps confidence that you wouldn't have otherwise? Yeah, it's a good question. I think certainly it has given me, in a sense, given me the confidence to be in front of a group of people and feel comfortable sort of presenting something. Uh, I also think that it's very different. Like I know people who are who love one and are really scared of the other and vice versa. And I think the main difference is in public speaking in general, we are being ourselves. We're not playing another character. Uh, and that can be vulnerable for a lot of people, and it is for me too. And I would say that there are, there, there are things that my arts education as a performer couldn't necessarily teach directly. Like, uh, for example, think about, um, I just did, I just said, um, so one of the, one of the <laughs> most important things about speaking is to avoid filler words like, um, and, uh, and I don't know, and you know, and like, there's so many of them. And the advice is to simply pause until we know the next thing that we're going to say. And that is a skill that I learned specifically in a public speaking arena. And it's also the case that it's kind of like things I learned through in music so, for example, my piano teacher taught me that every note is like a little pearl and has to have its own place. And if, we, if I rush through it, that it all cobbles together and loses its meaning in a sense. And I, so I have to give each word, each syllable, its own place. And I do that with singing as well. And I do that with speaking now, too with this, let's say, basically it's the same idea as this pausing instead of using filler words. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful advice. And that's some advice that I should uh, pay attention to because I am very guilty of adding filler words. Uh, so thank you uh, for that piece of advice. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Now, yeah, I now, just heard enough from you too. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do it all the time. Well, this last question I have for you 
What would you say to someone, say a student in elementary school or just a young student that's interested in the arts uh, that wants to achieve all of the things that you've achieved in your career? What would you say to somebody like that? And would you encourage them to, to take up piano or take up music? I think it's so important to listen to ourselves. And if, right, not everyone who, right, right is a good filler word too. So not everyone wants to be a Broadway star and that's fine. Then, then that person should do what they really want to do. And then there are people like me and like you, I'm guessing, who really wanted to be a Broadway star growing up and great. So that's the thing that we, that we should work towards in that case. And um, I definitely think that starting early is great. And sometimes I encounter people, especially adults, especially older adults, who say, there's no way I could do this anymore. And I say, it's not too late. How, you know, how old was Oprah when she got famous? Was like 60 or something, 40? Yeah. There, there's all sorts of examples of this. And so that could, you, you could say the same thing if you're 15 and you, you say, well, my friend started piano when he was six and I'm 15, so I'm never going to be as good as him. Well, you don't know if that's true. And I think, I think it's never too late to just do it. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear that goes along with it. If, if, if you have a lot of ambition to be a Broadway star and there's only so many stars, it, well, there's only so many like specific roles that we can currently see, let's say on Broadway over the last 10 years. But it's, it's, to me, it's less about trying to fit in, trying to like carve out, trying to fit into a place that already exists. Like, oh, I want to be the next Sutton Foster. I want to be the next Stephen Schwartz. And it's more about being the first Zach Sandler or the first Bridget Harrington and, and creating, creating the roles that you want to play, creating the work that you want to share. And there's a place for all of us in that sense. So, um, so just really it's about being authentic and listening to yourself and, and going for it. That is also another beautiful piece of advice. Uh, you, thank you so much for, for sharing your experience with, with us today. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with me today about this. I really hope that people um, take your advice and, you know, pursue something that, that interests them, pursue music if, if that's what interests them. So thank you so much, Zach. Uh, I really, really appreciate you being here with me today. You're welcome, Bridget. And I mean, the last thing I would say about that is just pick a direction and walk. And you can always turn around. Like I, I, I met this this guy, a person experiencing homelessness in New York, who's one of the smartest, wisest people I ever met. And I was having relationship drama at the time. And he lived near my girlfriend, so I would continue to pass him and tell him the saga. And, and he said this thing to me over and over. He said, you know, you can always walk away. And it's the same thing here. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe you're scared to, to embark on an acting career or a writing career or this or that, whatever it is. It's okay. Try it. And if it's not working, you can always walk away. You can always try another thing after that. That's right. Well, well thank you so much, Zach. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. You're welcome, Bridget. Thank you. And congrats on, on creating this podcast. It's so awesome. I really am uh, happy and proud, proud of you. 
The We Want Arts Podcast, hosted by me, Bridget Harrington, and produced and edited by my sister, Shannon Harrington. Original music by Shannon Harrington. If you haven't done so already, follow Broadway Arts Reach on Facebook and check out our website at broadwayartsreach.org. That's Broadway, A-R-T-S-R-E-A-C-H. Also, follow my sister and I on our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll be back soon.